You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes, and it's another beautiful day in the Jewish state. Although the day's over with, it is 5 p.m. Israel time here in the Middle East. And I want to thank everyone at America's Web Radio, number one, for listening to America's Web Radio on a regular basis where you can get varied accounts of information that I, that I can guarantee you will be the unadulterated truth. I also want to thank, thank everyone who goes to Insight to Israel to our Instagram page, our Facebook page, our Telegram or WhatsApp. Thank you for being a part of Insight to Israel as we are the only non-Jewish English-speaking media outlet uh, that tells the truth about what's happening here in Israel, boots on the ground. Because what happens in Israel will reverberate into your country, especially during this time, where our liberties and freedoms are being denied to us by government mandates and business restrictions. So uh, I want to say thank you to David Moxley at America's Web Radio. David, it's so great to join with you again. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you and finding out some more about, you know, what really goes on in Israel. And, you know, I had one question. I was with a group of veterans uh, this past weekend, and uh, basically, uh, we took a, a four-hour ride, two hours down and two hours back. And uh, I must, I must say, at the radio station, I get sort of, uh, I'm sort of like a sponge. I, I, I'm saturated, and I'm beginning to drip. I think, but uh, all we talked about was the mess that our country is in, and politics, and uh, our. Israelis like that? Is that what they're talking about? Or what are, what's the man on the street talking about in Israel? Well, David, first of all, it varies. But I will tell you uh, on many levels that most, of, most Israelis, unfortunately, uh, and, and various things, they, they have a lot of issues with things that their government does. And I know that we talk a lot about Corona. It's, it's like we're bombarded with it and we're overwhelmed with it. And, you know, for people like you and I, it's our job to keep track of uh, local news, state news, uh, national news and international news. And so I think sometimes we're a little more adapted emotionally uh, to deal with these things that come because that's what our job is. But the average person uh, you know, they shy away from a lot of things, a lot of issues or problems that may be in governments over time because they just want to live their life and, and work their job and provide for their families. But I will tell you this, one of the biggest controversies right now in the state of Israel is the injection in the green passport. And I'll tell you that most Israelis, unfortunately, uh, we're sold a bill of goods, or let me say a lie, and we're told back in December of 2020 that if they just came and took the injection, which has a 95% efficacy rate, that they would get their freedoms back. 
And so this started the ball rolling, uh, totaling to about 7 million Israeli Jews, and that's not counting the Arabs that are citizens here. Uh, and that's another story that's very interesting. But about 7 million Jews that have taken both injections. Now we're on the booster, what, that, what they call allegedly a booster, because the majority of people getting sick, quote-unquote, with corona are the ones who took the injection. So they said the efficacy rate lowered, and now they have to come and take the third. So right now at the third injection, uh, if you don't take the third booster, you're back to square one, and like someone like me who didn't take it at all. And you've lost your green passport. You did exactly what the government wanted. And uh, you don't want to take the third. And there's reasons for that here. There's about three million people out of nine that have taken the third injection. And uh, so if you've taken the first two, now you're just like someone like me, as if you never took it at all and you lost your green passport. But now comes the bigger controversy where now they're coming after the children the 5 to 11 years old. They've already moved through the teenagers. And uh, so that's really, and, and talking to people, David, on the street, to finalize the, 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 the answer, talking to people on the street on video, you can find it on the Insight to Israel page on Facebook or on Instagram, but they said, I asked, why did you take the injection? Well, I was told I would get my freedom back. The majority of people that I've talked to on the street said that I thought I'd get my freedom back, but they never did. And so there's this constant cycle of pushing and pushing and prodding and pumping and bribing and forced coercion through your job to take uh, not only the first, there's some people to take the first, to take the second, to take the third, and now via the government to now bring your children and submit their bodies to this mRNA injection. So that's the biggest thing right now that's being talked about, unfortunately. Hmm. So uh, along with that, I had the question, or I'm curious about this, and I, I'm gonna, you and I are going to talk, and, and hopefully I'm asking things that other people are interested in. Uh, <laughs> and they should be, because I'm interested in them. But how did the first knee-jerk reaction, and since then, how do the Israelis feel about the United States and what we did in Afghanistan? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I, Israelis are bad at one thing which is the opposite of most Americans. Israelis are bad at questioning their government and holding their government accountable for its misdeeds. And by saying that, uh, Israel, on one side of the coin, the Israelis see the United States as a big friend to Israel. And what they see happening in the U.S., Let's leave Corona aside. Let's leave the Green Pass and the injection aside. The way they view the U.S. and Joe Biden is, wow, Joe Biden's uh, betraying the country. They love Trump here. The majority of Israelis love Trump. Uh, but Joe Biden's betrayed the country. Look what's happened in Afghanistan. 
now the fact that Afghanistan has turned back over to uh, al-Qaeda and the Taliban and whatever other group want to come in there, plus Iran, Iran and China both, uh, they see this as a huge security threat to the future of Israel as being the only quote-unquote democracy in the Middle East. And I use that democracy part in quotes because, uh, again, that's for another question, maybe even for another show. Uh, but as being the only democracy in the Middle East, they see this as a big security threat to them. The problem is, the problem is in blaming Joe Biden and his relationship with China, and this is one thing a lot of your viewers who may be pro-Israel do not know, and we've actually done research, we've done interviews with uh, foreign policy specialists and national security specialists right out of Israel. Some of them are anonymous that work in governmental sectors. But Israel is quickly being sold to communist China. So uh, this is something a lot of Israelis, they, I, it's, it's very hard for me to grasp their mindset because when I say communist China, they ask me, why do you say communist so much? Well, because that's what it is. So there's a, a large portion that see Joe Biden as a threat to not only the United States, but also to Israel. But at the same time, they don't acknowledge that their own government is in bed like a whore, and that's no exaggeration, like a whore with communist China. So you have two leaders, Naftali Bennett, who's the current prime minister, and Joe Biden, who are both whores to communist China. But yet most Israelis, they're, they're very worried about what's happening in the American government. What? Okay, uh, you started the show by talking about the fact that we're the only ones that are really telling the truth, and that's certainly uh, true as far as our media goes, our national media and and our local newspaper that tried to take a bite out of us the other day and failed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what what is Israel's media like? Do they tell the truth at all, or are they try, do they try to do what we do or what the media does here and that side with Biden and gloss over everything else? Well, you know, Israel's media, it, it, most Israelis know that their media is corrupt. They oh, okay. know. And the sad part is, not all, but most Israelis, after being here for nine years, like right now, it's ten minutes after five. Rush hour traffic starts around 3.30. So you have Israelis getting off work and they're headed home. Right now, there's three main channels they watch. Channel 12, Channel 9, and Channel 24. And the media here spits out the same exact thing. So a lot of Israelis, even though they know their media is corrupt, they still continue to watch it and they're hugely influenced by it. Hmm. And... Uh, the media is actually run by the government. They, they run the government narrative. Um, and the, the government also runs the social media. Uh, and that became more prevalent to me when Corona started and they blatantly said the Ministry of Justice is working with the military who is also working with all the social media structures to combat disinformation and you will be blocked, banned, 
And now this is what they said in the media, whether or not it's actually happened, I couldn't tell you. But you will also be criminally prosecuted for misinformation. And so for me, when a government says that, even if they don't act on it, the simple fact that they say it, Mm -hmm. says a lot about not only the government, but the media in itself. Oh, yeah. So uh, the media here is completely bankrupt. Even the Christian media here, like CBN News, they're following the government narrative uh, from A to Z, and even independent journalists, because they fear or are just simply compliant and in agreement with the government narrative. Now, if they fear it, they fear their status in the country, they fear their visa, they fear their press pass. So it's amazing how much control the government has over all of these sectors of media, media and social media. And from what I understand, the government doesn't discriminate. They go after anybody they decide they want to go after. That's absolutely true. Listen, uh, and, and I, I, I hate to always keep coming back to Corona, but this is the prime example. Because the Israeli government has a contract with Pfizer that they covered up for 30 years. The contract and the conversations were covered up for 30 years. So, wow. so no one will see. We've actually shown the contract uh, in, in one of our videos. We pulled it up on the screen and showed all the key points, the main guts of the contract that are redacted. And none of that will be open for 30 years. And so uh, I, I will just say this. There's been a lot of doctors threatened to have their licenses uh, canceled if they don't run the government narrative. There have been leaders of the what I call, and, and maybe this is extreme for some, but you're in a different position, David, status-wise, as far as the injections go, as far as lockdowns and mask wearing and all these mandates put on the people. It's a different situation here because these people have been more compliant. But I will say this, that some of the people in the resistance movement against the Green Passport and the injections, the leaders have ended up dead. Mm. And that's not an exaggeration. One of the main leaders here in Israel that was part of the protest movement, the police in Jerusalem during the protest actually arrested that man. He did a video from his hospital bed <laughs> a few hours later and said that they have poisoned him. They arrested him, beat him up, poisoned him. Now he's in a hospital bed. They won't let him go. And he got that video out. And three days later, he allegedly died of corona. Now, call me stupid, call me naive, call me misled, but, you know, this is not the first time I'm discovering. You have to understand, I'm a pro-Israel journalist here for nine years, but since corona started, I've done a lot of research and I found a lot of things that broke my heart about what the government has done here over the past, since the state of Israel came into existence. So I will say cautiously that this man was, it wasn't, uh, his death was not as they say. I'll put it that way. You know, 
I don't, I don't know if you knew that you had the power to do this, but you said one word a minute ago that uh, sent cold chills down my bike. And I believe your exact words were part of the resistant movement. And as soon as you said resistance movement, you know the flashback that I had, and that was that was of World War Two. That sounds like, yeah. you know, you're you're waiting on the Nazis, and and it sounds like the government is the enemy, and that and uh, and to have to use the word resistance is just, and I I think we're getting very close to it in the United States that there's. There's an underground, an undercurrent of people that are beginning, and and this was seen in Virginia, as a matter of fact, and New Jersey in the elections. They're resisting what the Democrats and the and the progressives are trying to do to uh, the United States, which is take it over and make it a communist state. And there is, you know, I guess. Countries around the world have and are working with resistant movements. And that's just, to think about that, I just, you know, I, I wasn't alive during World War II. And all I know about the resistant movements in France and Israel and other places is what I've read. But when a country uh, has to do that, in my opinion, there's a real problem. And you all have it, or Israel has it, and so does the United States. I'll tell you this, David. We all know, and this has come out several times in the media, you know, remember when it comes out in the news what the government's doing it. Keep in mind, it didn't start yesterday or the day before, or last week or last month. They've been doing it for a long time. And the Shabak, which is known as the Israeli FBI, and the Mossad, which would be the CIA, they have been illegally monitoring. This came out last year, and it came out the year before. That they have been illegally monitoring every cell phone in the state of Israel for several years now. Listen... I, I'm, I, I don't mean to put you in a situation, David, but right now it is not even an exaggeration that they're monitoring this very phone call. It's not even an exaggeration. And I'll tell you why they can do it and get away with it. Because what many people don't know about the state of Israel, which again shocked me. Listen, I've learned a lot since Corona about how the government works. And I understand, I mean, if we look at it from the perspective of terrorism and they've got all their neighbors which don't like them and Hamas and Hezbollah, okay, you can kind of almost in a way justify that. But we're talking about your everyday civilians, you know, that most, the crime rate here is extremely low, all right? Now, that crime rate's going up, obviously, because people have been crazy with this lockdown. You understand in the U.S. Sure. what I'm referring to. But generally, among the Jewish population, the crime rate here is very low. But to know that they're monitoring every bit of our conversation, I have to tell you that even some of our, I, I can use the word informants, uh, here in Israel, 
have said have remained that way because they know they can't speak openly criticizing the government. And I will tell you that there are many times when I'm done with my videos, and this is I've mainly felt this since Corona because now you're questioning government policy. Because always remember something, and I say this with great respect to the Jews that I love, not only here in Israel, but around the world as someone who's a Christian and who's not Jewish. Uh, I've, I've been called uh, in my videos because of the, the, the level of depth that I go with the research that I've done about government policy here. Uh, to shut me up, my, my mother has gotten threatening letters. Uh, in the United States about me here in Israel, warning me to leave the country. My informants have even said openly, listen, Michael puts himself at a risk to tell the truth about actually what's happening here. The, that <clears throat> even Jewish organizations that I've, I, David, I've called Jewish organizations that are pro-Israel in the U.S., got them on video, called them on the phone, did a live video on Facebook, and ask them about the discrimination of two million Jews being forced, coerced to take this injection uh, and being treated as fifth-class citizens because they don't have the green passport. And they will not even touch it. They, and, and the theme of some of these organizations is standing with Israel and combating anti-Semitism. Now, to me, if you won't talk about government policy, while you talk about Israel and stand for the two million Jews fighting for their freedom from this injection, now they're children on top of that. Uh, that's a very scary scenario. It's very, very scary. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, I, I have a job to do, but I'm, I'm not gonna tell you I feel safe here. And I did up until Corona. On, on that note, let's uh, take our first break, and uh, we'll be back with Mike Gano and Insight to Israel right after a couple of messages. And listen to this one, because it's exactly what we're talking about. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. And now let's get back to uh, Mike Gano in Israel, talking about insight to Israel and what's going on there and what's going on in the U.S. And, uh, you know, if I were an ally of America, the United States, I would be very concerned right now. Do I have your back or, or does America have our back or not? And... Um, 
This is, uh, I was with all former military officers uh, this past weekend, and uh, that question kept coming up, and the answer kept being the same, that uh, we don't feel like our government has anybody's back right now. And uh, it's a shame because the United States, and we always recognize veterans, and we recognize first responders, and the United States is a first responder, and we always have been. And I've, I couldn't tell you how many interviews I've done of POWs from World War II or whatever and said, you know, the most exciting thing, and, and other countries, uh, folks from other countries, the most exciting thing they can see, they know they're safe when they see the American flag because we're responding to their needs. And we are first responders. And, you know, right now the world that needs a first responder is very scared. Will we be there when they need us? So, you know, back to uh, back to insight to Israel with Michael Gano, and uh, you know, I'm concerned for you, Michael. That, uh, and I I do realize that our shows are being listened to. Uh, not only this show, but our medical shows, and we've been accused of misinformation, which is totally a lie, and. Uh, you know, I want to point out to anybody that's listening or hears the podcast that they can always get the truth as far as COVID is concerned by going to America's Web Radio and going to the program, The Doctor's Lounge. It's always the truth by doctors, very well-respected doctors, and it's there for you, the truth. So back to you, Michael. Well, David, first of all, I want to say thank you again to you, to America's Web Radio, to all your staff there. And I want to say thank you to the American people because as an American, I want to encourage you, please, please, please fight back against this, these mandates. Please. Because if you fail, the rest of the world will very easily fall. And listen, if you go to our Insight to Israel page on Facebook, on, on Instagram, uh, we interview, I'm doing a series of interviews right now called Jews in Exile. And uh, it's an interview with Israeli Jews that no longer feel safe in their country because they will not submit their body to this injection and to the tyranny of the green passport. Now, let me say this. If you're following the world media, the un, what, what I now call, we have no choice but to call it like America's Web Radio and many other media outlets that are independent that are telling the truth, the underground media, because we are glossed over, stepped on, stomped on, and called many different things, banned, blocked, Everything. I'm blocked right now on Facebook, my videos, uh, for me doing new videos and posts till December. But I'm using alternative media. I want to encourage you to not stop because, unfortunately, the green passport technology was designed here in Israel by the military. 
That green passport technology was sold to communist China when they went cashless. If you go back and do the research, and I want to encourage everyone to research for yourself. It's not hard to find. Your enemies are saying what they are going to do to your face, what they want from you, what they're going to demand from you. And that green passport technology was sold, and I actually have a video from the current prime minister who was defense minister under Netanyahu, who bragged about this technology to track and trace you, to give you a credit score based on who you are as a person and how good of a citizen you are. They sold it to communist China, and now the government here is selling it to the world, to the nations. Mm. Every time I watch a protest in Romania, in Bulgaria, Hungary, France, England, all across Europe, they're all holding signs that say, and Italy, let me, let me specifically mention Italy. I, I, we've interviewed people from Italy there, and even the people that took the injection are protesting against the green passport. In fact, Italy, they shut down all of the main ports. They went on strike, all the workers. And millions of people in Italy protested against it. And uh, it's a big fight against the government. So I want to encourage Americans. And, and when you, you, we see these signs, I've seen hundreds of videos with signs that say no green passport. Ladies and gentlemen, I did a video called Bringing Anti-Semitism to Israel. When the world realizes that Israel, the government, the government created the green passport and sold it to the nations, they don't blame the Israeli government. They blame the Jews, which is very scary and very sad. So anything you see in the media about anti-Semitism, and they say it's growing in Europe, I, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm against anti-Semitism. Obviously, I live here. I've been here for nine years. I've been a pro-Israel journalist. But it's very scary what the government is bringing upon the Jewish people through its, through its technology, uh, through um, its laws here that it's creating and teaching the other nations. Israel, even the Prime Minister Netanyahu himself said Israel is the test case. Even the President of Pfizer, who unfortunately, and I don't want to make this a, I'm not making this a conspiracy theory, I'm saying how the world views it. When you have the CEO of Pfizer, who's Jewish, and saying that Israel is the lab rat, openly. So I want to encourage Americans, uh, what you have in the Constitution, you need to even be willing to fight for with your very last breath. Those human rights that were established and given to you from the time of conception when the sperm met the egg, you were a human being, and God gave you certain rights and extended those rights to all human beings. But the United States is, is that prime example, that, that light on a hill. And I'm, I'm asking Americans, please, do not stop fighting against these laws, these mandates that they're trying to pass off as laws, which they are not. You know, and I'm very proud of Florida and, and Tennessee and some of the other states, by the way. It, it's amazing what's happening there. You know, if they if these mandates stand up, then they're just going to be more and more and more and more 
until, you know, we succumb to the government telling us when to go to the bathroom, what to wear, when to wear it, on and on and on. And this movement, and make no mistake, folks, this has been going on for years in the United States. This movement started in our universities and now has trickled down with teachers in high schools, junior high schools, and even our elementary schools. And this garbage of CRT is just crazy and makes no sense. And to tell a white kid that he's worth nothing, it just... Critical race theory is, it is no theory. It's just one more ploy to divide our country. And we've got, you know, the one blessing, and there are always blessings in disasters, and there's one blessing in COVID. And I'm sorry for all of those that died and the families and so forth, but at least... It had the effect of waking some of the parents up to what their kids are being taught in schools or, in most cases, what they're not being taught. And again, I want to remind everybody that the 11th, today's the 9th, so we're looking at two days. The 11th of November is Veterans Day. And we have quite an audience of veterans, which we're very appreciative of. And we've told them over and over again, they're our textbook. Get your grandkids, your kids, your grandkids, whatever, on your knee and tell them about the flag and tell them about what you did in the service. And anybody that didn't serve, I have not so much respect for they may love our country, but, you know, I, I do like the Israeli point that everybody serves in Israel. And, you know, our volunteer military is what makes our military great. And when they're mandated to do something, hopefully they will stand up to the would-be dictator and tell him what to do with it. Well, David, I'm glad you brought that up because that's not the case here in Israel. Well, I realize you're not I, volunteer. It, it's mandated that everybody serves for and what, two years? Let me say, go ahead. It, it's that everybody serves uh, in Israel for two years? The, 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 every young person, when they turn 18 must serve in the IDF forces, except for, there's some exceptions. Obviously, for those who have physical or mental impairments, uh, there are some Arabs, Christian and Muslim that serve in the military. Those are special cases that are citizens of Israel. Uh, and then you have religious Jews who get an ex ex exemption, but they do two years of what they call national service or volunteer service in a hospital or in a school. So it, it kind of pans out across the board that pretty much everyone that's 18 serves in the military 
or does volunteer work. Here's, the, here's what the military is faced with now. First of all, these injections are not forced, but it's a forced and it's a heavy hand, a heavy hand on these young people to take the injection in the military. And many have. Most of the military, of the young people in the IDF and the Israeli Defense Force have taken the injection. The ones that refuse to, I've done interviews with parents. They have segregated bathrooms. They have segregated sleeping quarters. Uh, they have to wear a mask on the base full time where the other soldiers don't. Many times they're ridiculed and they're mocked. They're mistreated. Um, these parents are, are so outraged by what's happening to their young people. And it's, uh, it's, I'll just say it's disgusting. Because I've done a lot of work with this military. I've been on many bases across this country in the past, up until Corona in the past seven years. And these young people understand clearly that, and they're proud to do it, to serve their country and defend uh, from foreign invaders uh, the Jewish state. And I highly respect it. But I have a huge problem. It's, it's very troublesome. When they've injected more than half of this military and then the way they treat these young people because they won't take it like fifth class citizens, like they're diseased. This is exactly 1930s, and again, talking to people on the street, people that took the injection, that thought they would get their freedoms back. And now they're back to square one if they've only had two injections. Hmm. They say this is 1930s Nazi Germany. Well, you know, I want to back up a little bit, and, you know, the military is not for everyone. And right. there, you have to have a certain mindset. And quite frankly, when I joined, it took knowing. And this was this was back during Vietnam, and it took getting in my head that I could die. You know that uh, even though I was going into the reserves, they could still be called up, and uh, I could. My MOS, I could have easily been sent to Vietnam, and it had to it had to be a mindset: was I willing to die for my country? And uh, I decided that yes, I was. And even at that point, the United States has done a lot for me, and I had done basically nothing for the United States other than registered. And I think this is what. I love now is seeing the uh, this I sat across the table at lunch on Saturday from a uh, young young lieutenant colonel and a captain and uh, both of them one of them had to be in his early 20s and the other one in his mid 20s and he was the lieutenant colonel that you know, right out of high school, had gone in to OCS, become an officer, and he was already a lieutenant colonel. 
and I, I couldn't believe it. But both of them were so dedicated, and just it was an inspiration to be with them. And this is this is what's good about what we have here. And I get worried about you know uh, this woke stuff and this all this other garbage and the people that do it. And then then I see kids or not kids, they're young men, and they are men. If they've made it to be a captain or a lieutenant colonel at their age, they are men. And I know that they've got my back, and at our table was all retirees, basically, except for me, and I was just a person that was discharged. But we all let them know that we have their back, too. And I think some scary times are ahead in the United States. Very scary. But it's still the United States of America. And, and David, that's what I'm thankful for because it's, it's amazing. I'm hearing stories now of Canadians fleeing Canada. They have camps. It's not a secret. They have camps for the uninjected in Canada set up already. Hmm. And I'm hearing stories about Canadians that are fleeing across the Canadian border to come to the United States. And, you know, in spite of what the government's trying to do, which I, I watch the news. Listen, where I'm at in, here in the Middle East, here in Israel, I get on my cable TV, I get news from all over the world. And it's fascinating because I, I get a world view that most people don't get, especially in the U.S. And to see what's happening in the U.S., what the administration is doing, is it's, it's, it's mind-numbing and it's heart-wrenching. But yeah, let me tell you what you could very, very, if you don't fight in the U.S., what you could very quickly be headed for. Because David mentioned uh, where it started in the school system. I had one of my government informants send me an article. Haifa, Israel, which is in the north, on the close to the Lebanon border. One of the uh, most conservative newspapers, which is funded by Sheldon Adelson. One of the university professors wrote an opinion piece. Now keep in mind, if you're not vaccinated, you don't get on the campuses here in Israel. You you can do a Zoom, and you know how many kids are dropping out of the educational system that don't want to take this injection? A lot, thousands. But you can't get on the campus unless you're vaccinated. Oh. Let me just briefly, if, if you have, I don't know how much time we have, but well, I don't take too much time in this article. We need to take a break, as a matter of fact. Let's do that, okay. and we'll come back and uh, listen to Mike on uh, the article that he has. We'll be right back after this. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. 
It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and let's uh, take a quick jet across the Atlantic and into Israel and Michael Gano. David, I want to say thank you again to your listeners for listening to America's Web Radio and Insight to Israel, where you can find all of our work on Facebook. Just go in. You can Google in Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, to Israel, and you'll find all of our work for the past nine years. Um and all of our updates. But getting back to, there is a general mindset that is becoming more prominent here in Israel, unfortunately. And I want Americans to take very close note to this, because if you think for one second that this will not happen in the U.S., you're sadly mistaken, because always remember, wickedness never ceases in the fight. Wicked men with wicked hearts never cease until they see your destruction. So you can never let up for a second. I just got an email from uh, the government press office just right before we started the show talking about how they're going to relax the restrictions on the green passport. That's a lie. They may relax it, but now we're coming into the wintertime here in Israel. And that's where they can make the excuse because they want these kids injected. Folks, they'll walk on your corpse to get it done. They're already restricting parents. But there's a general mentality that's being more and more noticed here, and I've gotten it on video. I've had people tell me, because I asked the question, okay, what should we do with the Jews that will not take this injection? What should we do with them? Should they lose their job? Across the board, I've gotten, yes, they should lose their job. They're a threat to us. One of my advisors, one of my government advisors on, on domestic and foreign policy and military advisors said that, who I've disconnected myself from completely, said to me two months ago that those who will not comply should be put away. And I said, what do you mean by that? They should be put in camps in the Negev. I was in shock. With that being said, I want to read to you just not the whole article, but just give you a quick glimpse of what this article is saying. This is by a professor at Haifa University, where only the vaccinated students can go attend classes on campus. Here's what he wrote in his opinion piece. Isolate vaccine refusers from the public. The decline of the fourth wave of the coronavirus should not be distracted from the cheeky threat of the vaccine-denying cult to our lives and our health and our quality of life, mainly because recently activists among them are so threatening to our public safety. Very scary. 
the decline of the fourth wave of the coronavirus should not be distracted. Let me move on. During the previous waves of the outbreak of the plague, the promiscuous behavior of those who refused vaccines harmed our livelihoods. The education and psyche of our children and restricted our freedom in various fields. In anticipation of possible outbreaks, they should be prevented from embittering our lives and seizing the medical resources needed to save the lives and health of those who deserve society to take care of. There is no reason for society to tolerate their pathological hallucinations, their primitive worldview, and their appalling ignorance and fund their folly. If they insist on getting sick, suffering and dying, it's their business. There is no need to interfere with them. In other words, let them go ahead and die. Let them die. That's exactly what he's saying. But in the same, th- it, it, it is time to exercise the natural right of civilized people to self-defense. It is precisely now when the plague is fading that it is time to isolate them from their victims to make it difficult for them to spread it again. The proper overreaching goal is to isolate them from public space by paying close attention to the green passport and all all its components in the public transportation system and in the public and private workplaces, in the education system, cultural and leisure sites, in malls, and everywhere closed. When the health terrorists, he calls them health terrorists, are removed from the public sphere, it is also possible to gradually stop wearing masks. I'm just going to stop there because I think you're getting a gist. This is becoming a commonplace mentality in the state of Israel. Your thoughts, David? My thoughts are the same as I have for the United States. That we've got groups of people, and and this mandate stuff is testing us. How far will we let them go? And, you know, we're going to, Israel will be faced with other mandates very shortly, I'm sure. And who knows what they'll be. It may be that you have to wear brown pants on Thursday. I don't know. But... They'll, they're testing us to see how far they can push, and they're finding out. And, you know, the coronavirus, and, and in my view, there is nothing magic about the coronavirus. This has been planned for years and years and years. And once the United States got a weak willy in the White House, that's when the sign was given, step up and let's bring them down. And they bringing us down throughout the world, they've done it with the coronavirus. And I marvel. I don't and I'll ask you this, Mike, uh, how it is in, in Israel, but... I marvel at the mentality of, or lack of mentality, of educated folks that they're out in the middle of the parking lot and they're wearing their mask. 
This is brainwash. This is mandate. This is whatever you want to call it. But it's crazy. And yet they have been able to pull it off and start taking over. And, you know, it's, it's like, I'm sure you've heard this saying, it's like the Taliban quote. America has the watch, but we have the time. And, wow. you know, that's a very powerful statement if you think about it. And this is exactly where we are with COVID, exactly where we are with the progressives, exactly where we are with the communists taking over the world. We may have the watch, but they have the time, and they've, they've obviously displayed that in many, many years of slowly but surely they're like a worm crawling you know getting across the highway it may take them a long time but they'll get to the other side and that's exactly where we are today and that's what i, I think of, uh, of the article that you were talking about i want to read to you uh another article i'm not going to read the whole article i'm just going to read the headline this was from 2007, David. 2007. Now, Pfizer paid the biggest fine. Uh, you can go to the Department of Justice website, and you can Google in Pfizer 2009 Department of Justice. They paid billions of dollars because of their corruption. Billions of dollars in fines. 2007... And the article, it's, it's by Globes, okay? Globes Media Outlet. But this article happens to be in Hebrew. Another one of my people sent me this article from 2007. And here's what the president of Pfizer, who is now the CEO, Berlowitz, who is a Greek Jew, okay? And I say that because there is a history here, ladies and gentlemen, of the Israeli government, we've, we've documented it, we've spoken to the experts, you can go to my social media, find the facts there, that the Israeli government, unfortunately, it's the dirty little secret here, has used Jews, the Jewish doctors and the Jewish government, since the 1950s as experiments without their consent and literally damaged and murdered hundreds of thousands of Jews. If you don't believe it, go to the Insight to Israel page, look up the information. You don't have to watch the interviews. Just look up the information we provide. Burwitz said in 2007, <clears throat> we have found in Israel an, uh, 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 an ideal place to conduct clinical trials at the highest level. Berlowitz explains in an exclusive interview with Globes about the benefits that the pharmaceutical giant in Israel has found and the aspirations to grow in the biotech field. Biotech field. When you're combining technology with medicine, and we're normally thinking like uh, x-rays and things like that, that's not where this is going. It's not where this is going at all. And this was an article that was written in 2007. So that gives you an idea that the at then president, now the CEO of Pfizer, he knew exactly what was happening here in Israel. 
as the government uses Jews, a Jewish government uses Jews as experiments. There's a lawsuit right now of 10,000 parents seeking to get uh, recompense for five, listen to this, 500,000 Jewish children from 2007 or to 2011, 500,000 Jewish children that were newborn given an experimental hepatitis B vaccine without parental consent. And these parents put the pieces together from their children that were dead and damaged and filed a lawsuit against the Israeli manufacturer, pharmaceutical manufacturer of this injection, which is now trying to be sold in the U.S., and the government is blocking that lawsuit. Hmm. This is scary stuff, folks. It's very scary stuff. You better pay attention, America. You better pay attention. I want to remind everybody that uh, we archive this show, and it will be up to be listened to or or sent to friends, whatever. And uh, it'll be up within, uh, should be up by the end of the day. And go to America's Web Radio programs and then scroll down to Insight to Israel and send this on with other, other programs, the Doctor's Lounge and many other of our programs that tell the truth. I want to emphasize, tell the truth. We don't make up lies. We don't make up fiction. We don't make up false truths. We tell the truth. And we give you resources to check it. And uh, with that being said, Michael, we're going to have to uh, bail out of here and head for the hills, I reckon. But uh, it's been a it's been David, another. I want to say thank you again for having me on. Thank you to America's Web Radio and all your listeners. Thank you and God bless you. Well, we thank you and the job that you're doing and the risks that you're taking to bring us firsthand information about what's going on in Israel, and we need to know because we look to Israel as we hope Israel looks to us in friendship. So with that being said, stay tuned for more on America's Web Radio right after a station break and uh, we want to thank Michael Gano one more time and uh, we will talk to you soon, Michael. Thank you, David. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.